0: Following is a podcast of 19 North, a young adults ministry at Victory Family Church. For more details, see 19north.tv. Faith for the middle. How many of you guys are, are going through something right now? Is there anybody that's going through something right now? They're in the middle of a storm and they're asking God, I just don't understand why I'm in this storm. I just don't understand why I'm going through this problem. I thought you said, Lord, if my life, if I would serve you and live for you, that my life would be perfect. I, would, I wouldn't have any trials or tribulations in my life. But I, I'm here to tell you tonight that's not the case. I know that's good news, but we go, through, we go through some things as Christians. But last week, I talked about a place called there where your passion meets your purpose. And the number one question people ask themselves here on earth is this. What is my purpose here on earth? What am I called to do here on earth? How many of you would love to know what you were called and purposed to do here on earth? How many of you guys would love to know that? Man, I would love to know that too, especially while you're in college and you're in your early 20s and 30s. We want to be certain what we are called to do here on earth because I don't want to waste any time. I don't want to waste any time. But the reality is... Your purpose, it is not a destination, but it is a process that we are all on. It's a journey that we are taking day by day. And one step towards God, one step taking in that journey, one step towards God, is a step towards freedom and fulfilling your purpose here on earth. See, God, he doesn't bless our leaps, but he blesses our steps And if we think that our our purpose and our calling here on earth is a destination, we truly will not fulfill all that he has put on our hearts to do. Because when we do this, when we put a period where there should be a comma, the story is not told. The story is not fully told. And tonight I want to talk about the faith for the middle. Because I know this, I was born into this world, and there's going to come a day where I'm going to die but the question is, what are you going to do in between the hash? What are you going to do with your life here on this earth? I was about in seventh grade, and my man Jojo, we went to school together. We were in seventh grade, and I was running my first mile ever. We, we had these testings that we had to get done, and we're all lined up, ready to go. And I thought I was pretty athletic and, and in good shape, and I was looking at my buddies, and we're all jagging around. We're like, man, we're gonna, I'm going to smoke you. We got this. And we're lining up on the, on the starting line. And I just knew there was something about it that I was going to win that race. So we take off. We're running. I mean, I'm sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. And I look back, and I realize that everyone's jogging. See, I didn't realize that in a mile you needed endurance. But I was running. And I look back, and I'm like, man, these guys, they're toast. I got this. And after the first lap, they started to catch up. After the second lap, they passed me. Then the third lap, I hate to say this, but they lapped me. And then the fourth lap, I told myself, I'm never going to run again. And I walked to the finish line. But how many of you guys tonight say, man, I, I, I feel like I, I, I just want to give up. I don't, I don't want to start over again. I just want to give up. Is there anybody here tonight that just says, man, I want to give up? You've been filled with depression and anxiety. You've been filled with, with hopelessness for, so, for far too long. And you're just saying, man, I'm ready to tap out. I'm ready to give up. But I want to let you guys know, don't give up. Don't quit on the purpose and the call that God has on your life because he did not quit on you. You might be at your job right now and looking at it, man, I just work a nine nine to five. It's so insignificant. Don't give up on the call that God has on your life. You might be in college and you're hearing about the economy crashing and that there's no jobs once you graduate. I want to know that you have favor with God and don't give up. Or maybe it's that addiction that you're struggling with. You, you, You put the bottle down. And you pick it back up. You put the bottle down, and you said, "I'm done with that." But when something comes your way, you pick it back up. I want to let you know tonight is your night. That addiction is gone. You are free. You are free. You are free. I'm sorry. I'm man. I feel like I'm speaking to some people tonight because I know your story. I know what you're going through. I will say this. It's been a it's been a couple hard weeks for me. The last two weeks, we. Married a young girl at age 17. And then last week we found out that was a young boy at Geneva College that that was in a car accident. And then I found out the other day that this young lady lost the love of her life, her father. Man, we're all going through something right now. We're all struggling with things. But I want to let you know, don't give up. You might be in a relationship or have been in a relationship where you're almost engaged and you guys broke it off. Or maybe you've been on dates, a dozen dates, and you find yourself at the same dead-end street after that. Or maybe it's your family. I I have to say, man, I have a crazy family. There's a lot of dysfunction in my family because we're so big, but, man, I love my family. Maybe it's a dysfunctional family that you're in, that you guys just come together for family reunions just to stab one another in the back, to let them know how much your life is going well. What is going on in your life that you need, to, you need to have faith for, for the middle? And I want to encourage you with this verse. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. This is the amplified version, so it's going to be kind of skewed. Not so much skewed, but it's going to be to our, to our, to our, our, our talking here. You've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Run to win. Run to win. All athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after the one that's gold eternally. Verse 26 says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I am going to get to the finish line. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. Though there may be things that come my way, I am going to get to the finish line. And it says this: I've been giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, like I did today. Telling everyone else all about it, and then then miss what's uh, then miss. Excuse me. Then missing out myself. See, Paul, in the Old Test uh, in the New Testament, Paul was talking about running a race to the Greek culture. See, if you know if you don't know any background about the Greek culture, they were really into fitness and training and working hard. And they were like your American gladiators of the day. I mean, they trained and they trained and they trained for one, one event a year, and that was the marathon. See, they would work their butts off in the process in order to, to, to win a prize in which only one person won. You see, there's no second or third place in the Greek culture like we do to have today. We have first through eighth place. Everybody wins. Everybody's a winner. See, that's not the case here in the Greek culture. And I want to let you know today that tonight that you are running a race, that your purpose is a race, that God himself has created you for a time as this to go out into the world and to make a difference, to run your race So he has gifted each one of you according to your abilities. You each have a gift and a talent that he wants to use. And I love what Pastor Zach said a couple weeks ago. We all have a piece to play in the kingdom of God. And you have a piece to play. So run your race. Do not give up. Do not get discouraged because he wants you to finish your course. Because he placed you on this earth that you would not give up that you would thrive in the process, that you would thrive in the middle. And as 20-somethings, it can be disheartening to know that we're in this faithfulness stage where we're not exactly doing what we feel like we're called to do. We're not exactly doing what we're passionate about doing. But thrive in this faithfulness stage. Thrive in this process. Thrive where you're at. Thrive where you're at. Thrive where you're at. And this is something I believe that we all need to get and we all need to have. A no matter what attitude, a no matter what attitude, no matter what may come my way, I made up my mind that I'm going to live for Christ. No matter what Satan may say about me or other people may say about me, I made up my mind that I'm a a child of Christ. It says this, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And when we hear that verse, we think that no weapon is going to come against us. But it doesn't say that. It just says it won't prosper. I remember I was in ninth grade, I believe, eighth or ninth grade, and I was getting into a serious relationship, and that was never a, a good choice on my part. But I got in a serious relationship, and it lasted for about two years. And then one day it went south quick, I mean, like, I'm not even saying overnight. I said I was like south quick. It went like in seconds. And I get a phone call from from this girl's mother, and she said some some pretty bad things. And I have to be honest with you. I thought it was Satan himself talking to me over the phone. That's how bad these things were. And she said this. She said, Zach, you're never going to have a healthy relationship again, and you're going to be just like this one person in your family that deals with bipolarness. See, at that time, that was the biggest storm that I ever faced. And I believed those lies for about two years because I wasn't rooted and grounded in the things of God. So I believed those lies for about two years, and I went from relationship to relationship to relationship, not having or knowing what one looks like, a healthy one looks like. And then I, all of a sudden, I said, you know what, I snapped out of it. I said, I'm not going to lower my standards to what people have have said about me. Tonight, you might have a a word spoken over you that is just bringing death in in your heart, bringing death in your life. Know that you are a child of God. Know that you are made in his image, that you're made in his likeness, that he wants to see you succeed. And that's exactly what I had to do to myself. I had had to build myself up on the word of God. I had to tell myself, man, Zach, you're going to have a healthy relationship. You're going to have a healthy marriage. You're going to make a difference in this world. But words, I mean, words can, 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 can just kill you and tear you down. And tonight, you might be in a storm. There might be some of you that are just lost. You're broken and you're hurting. This world has just teared you down. You don't know where to turn. You're in this storm and you don't know how to get out, where there's just chaos and confusion. But I want to let you know that it takes one step. It takes one step to get you out and to lead you out of that mess. It takes one step, and that's all God is asking us to do. He's not looking for us to know the next 10 steps, but he's saying, take that next step. Take that next step. And I've learned... This, that is not always the first step or the last step that is the hardest. But it's the steps that are in the middle that could be the most challenging. When you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel. Where you just, you can't see your future. But it's the middle steps that are the most important in your life. It was during that time when that woman said those things that I was going through, like I said, the the storm of my life, I got kicked out of my house, I was living with my uncle, and I had no idea where to turn. I was a train wreck. I was broken inside. I was lost. But somebody came around me and said, Zach, I'm not going to let you live your life like that anymore. And that was Pastor Zach. Pastor Zach has been pouring into me. He has been encouraging me for the last four to five years. You need to get someone like Pastor Zach in your life when you're going through the storms of life where you just don't know where to turn, where someone's going to come alongside of you and say, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this because the middle is where we fall, but we get back up, where we may fail, but we're not a failure. See, failure is this, when we don't try again, when we don't get back up, when when we don't throw that other punch, that's where failure comes into place. And God God did not call us to be failures, but to be conquerors. There's been so many times that I just wanted to give up. I wanted to wave my white flag and, and just call it quits. I didn't want to go on with life anymore. But I knew my purpose I knew what I was called to do here on earth. And your purpose, it is not your own. And God, He wants you to bear fruit. He wants you to make a difference. He has called you to be a world changer and to go out and help people that have went through storms like you have. Have you guys ever heard of this, this saying it's not how you start, but it's how you finish? For a long time, I thought it's, you know, how how do you finish? How, How are you going to be completed? But I realized that's not what they're saying there. It's the middle stage. It's the steps in the middle that is going to help you get to the end. Because if you start off poorly and you continue to take steps and go in the wrong directions, it doesn't matter how you finish because you're never going to finish. But know this, that the middle is the most crucial part of your life. In the middle is where we are at right now. It's us living. It's us breathing. It's us going into the world. It's us going to class every day and and working our hardest and going to to our job and doing our best. And that's what I love about small groups here. See, small groups doesn't leave you alone. And I want to encourage you, each one of you, to to get signed up for small groups tonight. We're going to have sign-ups in the back. Joelle and Rickley are going to come up here in a f- couple minutes. I want to make sure that each one of you are getting plugged into a small group. And I really encourage you to go through our community outreach program where we're just going to go out once a month to, to help a volunteer somewhere. And then we'll also we're going to have a social event. But you need to get around people that are passionate like you are. You need to share common interests with people your age. And I finish with this. You might be in the middle of, of your biggest storm. You might be facing the biggest giant that you ever faced before or the biggest battle that you think that you can't win. God told me to tell you tonight that you are victorious, that you are not fighting from a place of defeat, but you're fighting from a place of victory and that he wants to get you to the other side he wants to get you to the other side tonight. He wants you to win the prize that he has for your life. In Mark 4, 35 and 39, it says this. This was Jesus speaking to the disciples. Late that day, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. Tell your neighbor, we're going to the other side. Tell your neighbor, we're going to the other side. Then tell him you're going with me. You're going with me. And late that day he said to them, let's go across to the other side. They took him in the boat as he was. Other boats came around, a huge storm came. Get that, a huge storm came. It says in Matthew 7 about the foolish man and the wise man who who built his house on the rock and on the sand. And it says that a storm came. See, as Christians, we have storms in life. We have tribulations. We have trials that we are going through. But when you build your house on the rock, and how do you know if you build your house on the rock? It says this in Matthew 7, when you hear and you do his word, that's when you know you have built your house on the rock. And you will stand when the storm comes. But those who build their house on the sand, man, the storms come and wash them away. I know some of you, I've talked to some of you lately, that you are, you're going through a major storm right now. And I, you want to know how I know that your house is on the rock? Because you're living the word out. You're here tonight. You're saying, I'm not going to give up no matter what. I'm going to run this race no matter what may come my way, I'm going to live for him. That's how you know when your house is built on the rock when the storm comes. And it says, a huge storm came up, waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it, and Jesus was in the stern, head on the pillow, sleeping. Mm, man, sleeping through the storm. Some of you, you have a hard time sleeping at night, let alone having a storm in a boat. Man, learn from Jesus. He slept in the storm. He slept in the storm. They roused him saying, teacher, it is nothing to you that we're going down. And verse 39 says, awake now, he told the winds to pipe down. And said to the seas, quiet, settle down. The wind ran out of breath. The sea became smooth as glass. Jesus reprimanded, he corrected the disciples Why are you such cowards? Don't you have any faith at all? I see two things in this passage of Scripture. And when you read the Bible, and I encourage you to read the Bible daily, you might get one or two things out of the text that you read. That's okay. But apply that to your life. Let that build you up. Let that encourage you. But I see two things in this text that happen there was a storm that came, and then there was Jesus who was in the boat. See, Jesus told the disciples here that we need to go to the other side. And I want to let you know that Jesus said to you, he wants to take you to the other side. So you might be in that storm. You might be in the middle of your process to fulfilling your purpose, and you just don't know where to turn. Or you're panicking like these disciples were. But Jesus, he said in his word, I want to go to the other side. He, when he says his word, his word is truth. And he wants to take you to the other side tonight. He wants to take you to the other side. And I finish with this story. And I know I said I finished before, but I finished with this story. If you guys don't know much about the Boston Marathon, it's one of the well-known marathons in America today. But the Boston Marathon, it's, 20, it's 26.2 miles, the same as any other marathon. But the designers of the Boston Marathon, they set it up for the first 16 miles of the marathon. It's downhill, a, a gradual downhill. But at the 16-mile mark, it's called Heartbreak Hill where you have to run up this big hill, where you have to pace up this big hill. And at the 16-mile mark is where your body begins to fatigue. It begins to wear out, to wear down. But at the beginning, everybody's looking good. They're wearing their nice shoes. They got their shorts on their colored sh- and their colored shirt. And they have that name tag with their number on it. And everybody's ready to go but it's when they get to the 16-mile mark where people start to to flock by the thousands and the hundreds. It's because those people, they were weekend contenders, where they went to the race. They thought they could train a couple months and finish this race. But it's at the 16-mile mark where they begin to scatter and, and fall off. But it's at the 16 mile mark where the heartbreak hill comes along. Where you're worn out. Where you're discouraged. Where you don't know where to turn. And they call it hitting a wall at the 16 mile mark. It's where your your body begins to break down. And something begins to happen. It's called glycemia. Where all your energy gets sucked to your brain. And it tells you just give up. Stop. Stop, stop, just give up. Don't go any further. But that's where the the champions are made. That's where the leaders are made. Every single one of you are leaders tonight. You're at that heartbreak hill tonight, but you need to continue to run. You need to continue to run this race. And it's important to have people beside you that are going to encourage you, that are going to uplift you, that are going to challenge you. And that's what, that's what Jesus was to those disciples. Who is in your boat? Who are you running the race with? And it's by God's grace, and only by God's grace, we will win the prize. We will win the prize. We will go to the other side. And we will get up Heartbreak Hill. Because our, pro- our, our purpose is. It is a process. It is a journey that we are on and not a destination. And God, he wants to meet you exactly where you're at tonight. He wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal himself to you to help you get to that other side. He doesn't want you to be alone or discouraged tonight. That's what we are here together at 19 North to help each other get to the other side to run this race together. With every head bowed and eyes closed, I want to do two things tonight. There might be some of you guys tonight, and this is the first thing, that you're in the middle of the biggest storm of your life, where you're facing Heartbreak Hill, and you don't know if you can get up. It might be that addiction that you are facing, it may be that that person that has spoken death over your life, whatever it may be, I want to let you know tonight that you're not alone and that God wants to get you to the other side. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand very briefly and we're just going to pray for you. Is there anybody here tonight that is saying, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what may come my way. I feel like I'm in the desert. I'm in a dark area. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Just raise your hand today so I can, can I see that hand? I see that hand. I see hands everywhere tonight. I see hands everywhere tonight. I'm just going to pray with you and believe that God is going to meet you at your heartbreak hill, that God is going to meet you and take you to the other side tonight. Dear Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives and abides in us, Lord, that you say that you are the comforter, that you are there, you never leave us, and you never forsake us. Lord, I thank you, though we may go through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil, because we know that you are with us, Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, your word and your truth that is ministering to these lives tonight. Lord, that you begin to fill that void, that you begin to meet them exactly where they're at and take them to the other side. With every head bowed and eyes closed, is there somebody here tonight, I know there's probably more than just one person, that says, man, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I feel like I'm in this boat and the storm is coming, and I am alone, and I don't know where to turn. I can promise you this. This is the best decision that you can ever make. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to simply ask you to raise your hand tonight In the count of three. Is there people here tonight that wants to say, man, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life, or I want to recommit my life to him. I've strayed. I've, 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 I've astrayed. I went away, but I want to make him the Lord of my life. I'm going to simply ask you to raise your hand tonight, and we're going to pray with you. Every single one of us is going to pray. One, man, Jesus loves you. And it says that he came down to save you, to meet you where you are, to meet you in the ditch, that he wants to have a relationship with you. Two, I'm not saying you're not going to have storms, you're not going to have trials, you're not going to have things in life, but just know this, that he overcame all things and he's with you and he wants to take you to a deeper place. Three, is there anybody here tonight that says I want to make Jesus, I see that hand, I see that hand. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else that says I want to go to the other side? Awesome. Let's just pray this out with those that, that, that raise their hands tonight. Just repeat after me. Dear Father God, I thank you for what you have done for me. Now I receive you into my life and make you Lord of all. We ask this in your name. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you guys for coming out and being part of this. After hours, after hours, I want everybody to come out to this. This is basically... Our event on February 13th, where we're gonna to go to Applebee's afterwards and we're gonna pay for your guys' first appetizer because we're a family here and we believe in connection. We want to connect you guys with other people. And right now, I'm just gonna do our tithes and our offering. And it was pretty funny. We were at Geneva this past week, we were handing out uh, hot chocolate and, and donuts. And some guy came up to me, he said, Man, you guys are a generous church. You guys had 24 ounce cups or those big cups. And I said, to be honest with you, I went to the store and I meant to get the small cups, but that's what you're going to get today. But it's because of your faithfulness. It's because of you guys are giving week in and week out that we were able to touch people exactly where they're at. So thank you guys for your generosity. Thank you guys for making a difference.